friends. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the Present Matters podcast. I am your co-host, Andrew. And I'm your co-host, Cassie. Today's episode, we are going to be going over the outlook on relationships when you are a product of divorce. And yes. um, just like we mentioned last uh, episode, we probably will derail every now and again and go off on some tangents. Um, but that is going to be the overarching story or uh, topic that we're going to be going over. Um, and uh, I, I, I realized on the last one, I talked a lot. And so I'd really like, like you, you go over kind of the, the high level view of, of what we're going to be going over. So I was the one that kind of wanted to talk about this topic because it's something that I really struggled with. Um, after the childhood with the divorce and the aftermath of that. So basically I want to talk about um, trust issues that came from it and just like the really negative outlook I had on relationships, specifically like romantic relationships after growing up with a quote unquote broken family. So um, just kind of that kind of stuff. And then also how I've kind of worked on overcoming that and getting past it instead of just wallowing in it yeah and i i will say um to to start off i want to mention that um even though our upbringing wasn't like the greatest like it <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination um it wasn't like it everyone's traumas and uh, or everyone's traumas that they've had in the past isn't like a competition right. there's different forms of it and just because like um i mean for starters like we weren't physically abused we always had um, food and... but just because we were yeah yeah like we we were we were taken care of and whatnot um but that doesn't subtract from what we went through and also it doesn't subtract from the people who do go through those things in a uh, a daily yeah, basis. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that's something that uh, doesn't get talked about enough and it's people always feel like oh well it could have been worse and while that is true that doesn't mean that what we went through wasn't still hard it wasn't still traumatic so I think it's important to keep that in mind. Exactly I guess we can go over kind of why we're talking about this because our parents are divorced and their relationship was I don't think we have like very many, I don't know about you, but I don't have very, I honestly can't think of any memories that were good. Involving the like, two of them, you mean? You know, in, like in, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I haven't had any good memories <laughs> ever. No, I mean, yeah, like as a family, I didn't finish that sentence as a family, like uh, just the four of us together. Yeah. You know, I don't um, think so England. either. Like I don't have a single memory. I don't think I do either. Like I, I think all of my memories in England like not even just happy, but like literally don't involve the four of us. It's either like you and I with mom or you and I with dad. Like I don't really have any memories yeah. of like the four of us together as a family. Or doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like I, not something I've ever thought about until just now because I've kind of always just thought yeah. of them as separate. Because it feels like it always has always. been. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really interesting to, to look back and, and see that. But so they, they weren't the greatest pairing and even when we moved to the u.s like it, as we mentioned last time mm -hmm. it, they almost immediately separated and the times that there were together it was yes. it was very argumentative yelling. from from my memories so much yelling yeah so like growing up and only seeing that of course until they separated and the the, the mm -hmm. divorce is its own thing the the way that they kind of used us to fight each other and to to get the upper hand on each other really affected my, my yeah. perspective on life in general but i know mom she didn't uh she didn't date for like ever like she she didn't yeah, so, well at, at least that she showed us yeah i'm I sure she, she specifically she talked people. about that being like a thing for her was that she wasn't going to introduce anyone into our lives until it was like actually serious and i remember there was one guy before art who was our stepdad mm -hmm. his name was greg i think i don't know but he was the first one that she told us about and we still never met him, but she told us like, oh, it's like possibly getting serious. I'm dating this guy, whatever. Um, but we never met him either. So we never met anyone that she was dating until Art, okay. who she's married to now. So 
Yeah, I have vague memories of of Greg. You bringing up his name, yeah. I was like, I feel like I remember him, but I don't no, have any like recollection him. of ever meeting him. So I was really confused. But then you said we didn't yeah. meet him. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So so mom didn't really bring anyone into our lives until till yeah. Art, who as you mentioned is our, our now stepdad. Um, but dad almost the so opposite. Like, I almost the opposite. There was there was a lot of females that were. I don't have an exact number, but I think I can recall like two or three. They never lived with us, but it was like they would. One I remember flew out from like the East Coast. Oh, I remember and stayed, that. Like, two weeks with us, Judy, and she bought I feel me like drumsticks. It was Judy, Judy, yeah, wow, I'm you remember names. her name? <laughs> uh, yeah, she brought me my or bought me my first drumsticks. Wow, and because I said I wanted to be a drummer, and I remember like Dad and her talking on online like through the webcam and stuff for. I don't know, a couple weeks or months. Time is weird when you're a kid. Yeah, it doesn't. It was weird when you're a kid. Yeah. And uh, then she flew out and like everything was great. Like it seemed like, wow, like this girl is this this girl is awesome. And she she loves us. And we're we're like, it's like a weird family situation going on, even though it's only like two weeks. And then we just never heard from her again. (laughs) Don't know what happened there, but I can only imagine. Yeah, I also remember there being a couple of other women that I don't know if it's just because I was young and didn't understand how like adult relationships worked, but I remember you telling me like later in life, like, oh yeah, remember that girl that was like one of dad's girlfriends. And I was like, I thought she was just like some random lady that would like come over. Like I didn't understand that they were like in a relationship. <laughs> oh, that, that's such a weird yeah. dynamic. Just some random lady comes like, over and spends okay. two weeks with well, us. Well, no, no, no. Her I remember it being like a relationship, but there were other ones. Oh, okay. But I, other like ones, we would go yeah. see them and yeah, stuff yeah. and I'd be like, oh, this is just dad's friend. Like I didn't understand that like it was a, a relationship. Totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I guess it, it would be uh, or benefit the, the listener to know that for the majority of this, like when the divorce happened, our mom uh, showed up at our our house's doorstep with like two or three cops and uh it was like pack your bags we're leaving and we didn't know what yeah. the hell was going on it was mom disappeared and then she came that back was honestly and- <laughs> like one of the most dramatic moments of my life because i was in like what second or third grade t- like i tiny. did not i was terrified yeah i did not understand what was happening i was so scared yeah yeah and and like we stayed at one of mom's friends uh condos yes condos for i don't know how long it felt like forever but it was probably only I a don't, couple months yeah, no concept of how long it was <laughs> um maybe a year at most yeah yeah me either and uh after that my memory's kind of fuzzy but essentially we ended up moving back in with dad or like we were on visitation or something or we were like 50/50 at first i don't remember uh, but I, I do remember, like, we stayed at, at Dad's because we would... This is when we lived yes. at our old place, yes. not where he's currently living. I think we had visitation at first because I... And it was, like, supervised visitation. Do you remember that lady from the court that had to, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think after, like... Yeah, I think after Still that was, like, everywhere. okay, then we were allowed to have, like, actual, like, time with him, like, living 50-50. But I'm not 100% clear on the timeline of that, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's all kind of a, a blurry mess. And uh, honestly, like, the, it was around this time because, like, I, I shortly went into middle school after all this happened because we moved to the U.S. Uh, when I joined. I, like, yeah. I started the fourth grade, which means that you would have been first, in the yes, first, I was in first grade. Yes, first grade when we moved here. Yeah. And so all that happened. And I have no, little to no memories of middle school. Wow. Like, at all. Like, it's just a void in my memory. And that's for me, like, the whole elementary school, very, very little memory. Like, scattered little moments, but, like, don't remember most of it. Mm-hmm. It's, there was so much happening. We were constantly changing houses. We were talking to new people. There was, like, therapists, and uh, heavy quotations yeah. on therapists. Court-mandated. Because, like, they were trying to manipulate us to, like, incriminate our dad and some were trying to help. Like I have been to so many therapists in my Same life. It's, it's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think only one of which I actually wanted to go see. Um, that like I decided yeah. I wanted to go see. 
And so like all of this and just having no structure to what a relationship is supposed to be like. And honestly, that's kind of a vague thing. Like what is a relationship? I mean, there's the traditional household, but that's not really a necessity anymore. Like you don't need a man and a woman and, and kids to, to make it be like a household, but at least having a stable partnership between, two people, between like, people yeah just or at least just a stable right. one person yeah like, <laughs> and i think that because even if we move past like the divorce and stuff then like dad mm-hmm. our dad got married a second time to our ex-stepmom because he's not married to her anymore thank goodness and that was not a good relationship either mm-hmm. like that was a really unhealthy it was and then it wasn't oh it was healthy it started okay. off great yes Yes, and it started started off off with, like, I really connected with her, and, like, our mom is not super girly, and I am, and so Sarah was, Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of got that side of me to, like, have a role model because, like I said, mom wasn't, so I got someone that, like, got to show me how to do my hair and do makeup and things like that, but then, yeah, it went downhill real fast, and the relationship between the two of them was, like, not good at all. Like, he almost... Yeah, I don't know. It was just not good. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 devolved rather quickly. And I, I think this is my own opinion. This isn't uh, I, I won't say it's reality because I it's just from my perspective. But I feel like the way dad is was not the way. Well, no, um, there was probably a lot of things behind the scenes that were going on because she was doing a lot of the stuff with him. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics because that's too personal. That's yeah. a little out of bounds. But yeah, they were into a lot of the same things. But I think there was a lot of what dad is currently doing. And none of this is illegal. I just want to say yeah. that. Just, <laughs> none it's of this just, stuff's illegal. It's, it's just personal his to, personal yeah. preference. Yeah. He just wasn't with someone that accepted all of what he is. Right. And I think that kind of warped and, and messed with their head, which we were there to take it out on. Yeah. I was just going to say, she then decided to take it out on us. Um, And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but from my perspective, at least uh, she specifically took it out extra hard on me because I think, and not necessarily always in like a super negative way, like the effects were negative. So for example, I always felt like she used me as like her Barbie doll. Like she controlled Mm. me. So she, there were times like I had trauma around cutting my hair for a long time because she forced me to like chop it to my chin when I was in eighth grade and I was mortified because I love my long hair and she I remember you with the Karen haircut yeah and she that's the haircut she had <laughs> she made me like dye it darker because I don't know why but I love my blonde hair and she made me dye it darker and she made me get a second piercing in my ears that I didn't want. Like I was her Barbie doll and I was like, she manipulated me and controlled me. And I don't think her intention was ever to like harm me, but that's, that was what the effect was. So I think she took yeah. it out harder on you in terms of like actual intent for harm. But for me, it was more, this is his daughter, but I'm going to, she's my Barbie doll and I'm going to do whatever I want with her. Mm-hmm. And, and to bounce back on, not bounce back, but to uh, continue on to what you said, like maybe it was more intent towards me and less intent towards you. I don't, I don't have a fear, but I, I like have like a hatred of cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> yes. Because of her. Oh my God. The bathrooms. And like Megan cleans bathrooms <laughs> because of her. Like she knows what I went through. Yes. And like, it was just such a weird thing to, to like, be so harsh on well i think that goes back to like i couldn't think this then but now my adult brain can that's how her mom was with her because you remember like Mm -hmm. her mom would her mom and dad would come visit and she would very she would be like my mom is going to come around with a white glove and like touch everything and yeah yeah so i think that was like her trauma that she was then bleeding into us because she hadn't healed mm-hmm. from it. So because I have a very specific memory of like spending hours cleaning my bathroom because I knew how she yes. was. And then she came upstairs. Likewise. I forgot the mirror. One thing. Literally just forgot to do the mirror. Which I still forget to do the mirror in my bathroom constantly. I don't know why. 
But she came in, looked at the mirror, and just assumed that I hadn't cleaned it at all and started screaming at me and, like, Mm -hmm. berating me and telling me I was the worst ever because how dare I not clean the bathroom after she had asked. And I was trying to be like, no, like, I did clean it. I just forgot the mirror. Like, let me go. And she was like, clean it all again, blah, blah, blah. And, yep. So I understand totally the bathroom cleaning thing. Yes. (laughs) We we both had very, very similar experiences with that. It's like, you're the worst person in the world. I just asked you to do one simple thing. You didn't do it. It's like, have you looked at anything else? Like, I missed one spot, but what about right, the Everything rest else of is it? sparkling. No, I didn't do anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, just shout out to my, my wife for <laughs> cleaning bathrooms because yeah. I hate it. Not shout out to my husband because I clean the bathrooms, but you know, <laughs> it's oh. okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I still love him. <laughs> um, and I do want to point out that uh, Sarah was younger than we are now when she took us on. Is that real life? She was in her, yeah, she was in her, I would probably say mid-20s when she, she was young. I'm just like really processing that. That's nuts. Yeah. Think of yourself like four years ago and then having two kids. That are not blood related to me. Yeah. Yeah, and having no, like, you're still kind of in, she was a partier, so she's still in her party phase. She now has two kids, a husband. A whole house. and whole, whole house. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I, I have I have definitely for, forgiven her. It's not, I, I think, I, I hope she's changed and grown since then. But I feel like if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't hesitate to, like, start, like, a casual conversation yeah. and catch up. But I'm not sure if right, she would yeah. be open to that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, hope she I would be. used to feel a lot, a lot of anger and resentment towards her. But yeah, I I think my again, my adult brain has been able to process through that and like look at some of the stuff surrounding like what she was going through and understand like it doesn't excuse what she did. It doesn't excuse the way she treated us, but I think it makes it more it makes it make more sense to me and makes it feel like it wasn't me, which is really the healing that I needed is like, I I didn't cause her to act like mm-hmm. that. I didn't do anything wrong. I was a child, you know, that it like her own stuff was going on and she just wasn't dealing with it in healthy ways. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that we right. so happen to just be there all the time to have yeah. it be taken out on. Um, And then mom. So her and Art didn't actually get married until I was a senior in high school. I think because they were both married before and so they just didn't feel any need to like rush into it. So he like moved in with us, but they weren't actually officially married. But anyway, their relationship was fine. However, I think because of the trauma that I came with, like talking to me specifically, because we all know that I was more of a hot mess than you were in high school. But like when we moved in with them full time, which was my freshman year of high school, I was so out of control because I just had no idea how to deal with all of the trauma that I had gone through. And so I And your chemical imbalances that you right, had no yeah, idea I had existed. I have an anxiety disorder that was undiagnosed. So I was yeah, it was a lot. But I think that that put a strain on their relationship. And so like that also I don't know, like that also in high school at least wasn't a good example of a relationship for me just because like, all I saw was him not knowing how to deal with me, her not knowing how to deal with me, and them kind of, yeah. Basically, I caused problems. There was tension. And then... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just... All that to say that I just think that at least through high school, there was no solid example of what a partnership looks like for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely hear that. And with that said, I did take notes... Uh, for the listeners so that way it's not a a wild ride like last time so how have you overcome those viewpoints after having nothing but kind of bad influences so the biggest thing for me was acknowledging first of all why I had these viewpoints because I trust was a huge thing for me I really really struggled with trust so I don't think I've said this on here yet, but my husband, my current husband, is uh, was my high school sweetheart. So we've been together since I was 16 and he was 15. So he kind of has been through all of this with me. Not all of it, but a lot of it with me. And 
it's honestly a miracle that he stayed with me because I, when I was working through all of the, like in high school and I had really bad trust issues, like I was like, he's going to cheat on me. He's going to decide he doesn't love me anymore and leave me. He's going to like all these things. And he's like, I'm giving you no reason to think that these things are true, but yet you still think them. And uh, so acknowledging like Justin himself has nothing to do with why I feel this way. It has to do with all of the other stuff that I've dealt with. So that was like kind of my first step. And then as I got older and I went back into therapy, like after college, I kind of was able to work through where all of this insecurity in relationships was coming from. Because for me, that has been the biggest struggle with relationships is insecurity. Again, in terms of like, he's going to decide he doesn't love me and he's going to leave me. I'm going to like have an anxiety attack one too many times and he's going to be like, I'm done. That's it. You're crazy. Because I've just seen so much in my life of like relationships ending. And so that was really hard for me. Um, But again, I had to just kind of figure out like where it was coming from within me and heal from it that way and not just keep pushing it on Justin and being like, oh, he's going to leave me. He's going to leave me, whatever. And then another big thing that helped me was love languages. So, yes. That's a big one. So I like, I have no idea how I like first heard about them, but learning about the love languages and uh, learning about what my love languages were for both receiving and giving love and learning what Justin's were, my husband, for both giving and receiving helped a lot because it helps me understand why he wasn't loving me in the way that I wanted him to love me. And helped him understand, too, like, why I wasn't feeling loved. Because I feel loved differently than he gives it. He's a really uh, physical touch person. And sometimes I'm like, don't touch me. I don't want you to touch me right now. And I'm more (laughs) of a words of affirmation and acts of service person for how I receive it. So it's, I mean, and we're still navigating that. We're still, I mean, it's hard when you have two totally different love languages to navigate. Like, I want to love you the way that I want to mm-hmm. show love, but I also need to love you in your love language. So, yeah, things like that have really helped. And also just being with Justin for so long and just like going through it with him um, and learning and growing in my own way of like my relationships don't have to look how my parents' relationships did and they shouldn't because obviously, as we've said, It wasn't Mm -hmm. good. So just letting letting go of that and saying, like, I can decide for myself and with my partner how we want our partnership and our relationship to work. Yeah, that was a lot of and I feel like I just made it sound like, oh, I just magically like came to this conclusion. But it was a lot, a lot of hard mental work to get through and a lot of hard work with Justin and I to like because he did grow up with really good examples like his grandparents have been married for like 50 bajillion years and they're still like madly happily in love and his parents are still together and still madly happily in love and like he's had all these different role models of this is what a good partnership looks like and so he's had to adjust to me needing to go slower with that of like dude why do you think (laughs) i'm gonna leave you every five seconds like i love you we're great whatever so But it's also been helpful to see that. So I've now spent uh, almost 11 years around his parents and around his grandparents. And so I've come to see some of that too. So yeah, a lot of mental work, basically. (laughs) It is. It is. And and relationships are are two-way streets. And I, I, I appreciate you mentioning that your love languages are like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. (laughs) Because... It goes to show, don't be discouraged if you have conflicting love languages. Relationships aren't only possible when you have the same love languages. Yes, they're easier. Yes. And and I can attest to that because Megan and I, uh, my wife, we we don't have every same love language, but like our biggest ones are the same. Physical touch. Yeah, physical touch. Um, it's pretty much <laughs> the big one. Yeah, no, that's the big one. Yeah. But like I have words of of affirmation, like I constantly tell her that I love her and that I appreciate all the stuff she's doing. But she doesn't necessarily have that, and so she works to to make sure that like she she does that for me. Yeah. Um, And then hers, another big one for her is gift giving. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I suck at gift giving. I've had to make a list <laughs> of like when she mentions things, she's like, oh, look at this. It's like, oh, I got to write this down real quick because I won't remember. <laughs> I, I know. But that's like you doing the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's that's, that's what relationships are. It doesn't matter what level of languages you have. What matters is the effort you put into it. Exactly. And it, you have to put an effort. You can't be lazy. If you have conflicting love languages and you don't put an effort, you're constantly going to be in conflict because you're yeah. refusing to to show them that you love them. Right. And I think this is a good like caveat. Caveats pray me not the right word, but whatever. Um, because when we say relationships, like most of this episode is talking about specifically romantic relationships, but the love language thing specifically applies to re- any kind of relationship. So you said that one of yours is words of affirmation and that is one of my biggest ones too you are really really good like you really just like light that fire in me because you'll text me (laughs) and it's like this whole long thing about how amazing i am and how you love me and and i inspire you and stuff and it just like hits all those buttons for me i've like oh yes i feel so loved i love it so it's like when when your love languages do line up like that it's like kind of magical because you're like oh yes perfect but yeah, it applies to like every situation. So I've even had these conversations with my coworkers and found out like, oh, this coworker really likes gifts. So when I give him like even just a piece of chocolate, he like lights up. He's like, oh my God, thank you so much. And then another one that is words of affirmation like me. So I'm like, you're doing amazing. Like you are so good for these kids. You're making a difference. And that like really works for her. So even like in our group of coworkers, we've talked about love languages mm-hmm. to help strengthen those relationships. So it's relationships in general knowing love languages like i think sometimes people think it's oh that's just a cheesy thing whatever but like it legitimately helps make connections stronger Hmm. yeah and, and you brought up a good point that we we mentioned relationships and we have been giving a lot of examples of like romantic relationships um but as i like alluded to earlier like what even is a relationship like, there's so many so many different facets um but like this this applies to every relationship right a relationship isn't strictly romantic it is your your built upon foundation with people yeah and love languages with just your friends may seem like questionable like well i don't love them but like you should yeah you should like it it, it may not be like you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and like hold <laughs> hands and, and do it like, but like you can love them yeah, and, and like love their company and, and still get similar like emotional feedback. And I think that's a lot, that's a big problem with, uh, with guys. Yes. And there's like this whole, not culture war, it's not a thing like gender war of like men are losing their masculinity or whatnot. And like, while I do feel there's some aspect of to that that that's kind of true ish uh very loosely <laughs> it's not bad like it is why why do we have to hold on to like er i love abusing women and being strong and by like picking up heavy things and putting <laughs> them down and grr like it being in touch with who you are and what you enjoy and expressing love to those around you just makes you feel more whole yeah and i'm a huge huge believer and like advocate almost for saying i love you to those people because i feel like outside of blood family members it's almost like people feel weird about it saying i love you yeah i freaking throw that out to like if i genuinely love someone which is you know my friends and stuff I will text them. I love you. Okay, see you tomorrow. Love you. Like I, because this world is crazy and you never know what can happen. And it is. also it just feels good. It feels good to hear that and know that like I have all of these people mm-hmm. on me that love me. So throw it out there. Just tell everybody you love them. Well, only if you actually do. Don't just like, hey, random stranger. I love yeah. you. That's weird. But <laughs> what, what movie is that? Uh, I feel like I love you too, random citizen. Was that Megamind? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little too far for me. But like, a little the people too far, yeah. who you have genuinely relationships in your life, tell them you love them. Tell them you care about them. Tell them they matter to you because mm-hmm. 
And figure out what makes them happy. Yes. Talk yes. with them. Communicate. Make the effort. Make the effort. Yes. All right. And, and with that in mind, we, we have two new segments that we want to introduce into the the format of things. And we're going to start off with the one that's going to emphasize a little bit more with uh, Cassandra because she is the bookworm. I, I do read, but I don't read nearly as much as she does. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to have the first installation of the book corner. Yes. I love that we call it the book corner. It just sounds so cozy. It does. So um, I kind of have two books that I want to briefly talk about, and they both kind of relate, which I will say that for this segment, the books that I talk about won't always necessarily relate the topic. Sometimes they're just going to be books that I have like resonated with me. Um, But the first book is called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant Rejecting or Self-Involved Parents. So um, I'm not going to go too much into like why specifically I read this book and like what this what this did for me specifically, because I think, again, that is a little bit too personal. But I strongly recommend this book if any of this stuff having to do with relationships resonated with you, because this book helped me understand my parents better and understand how the way that they raised me, the the way that they interacted with the world helped shape my own interactions with the world um, and my relationships with other people. So yeah, that's a good one for that. That's more of like a, a self-help book basically. Um, and then the other one, I actually haven't finished it yet and I'm already going to recommend it because I love it. Um, and it's from one of my favorite people. So I love Michelle Obama love her um if you have ever read her book becoming then you will also like this one because becoming was amazing so this one is called the light we carry and this one is more focused on it's sort of like a self-help book too but it's focused on how do you find the light in people and how do you help bring that out of them and how do you give them your light in return because the world that we live in is nuts and crazy and can be really hard sometimes and so finding and fostering relationships with people that are a light for you and that you can be a light for them um, is really important. And she talks a lot about that and how to do that because a lot of times, especially in today's age, she talks about with like after COVID and with all the technology that gets in the way of how to still foster those relationships and create those relationships, which I think is fitting for this topic because again, what like we talked about, it's not just romantic relationships, like relationships in general can be a really, really good support for you in your life. And so how do you foster those? How do you bring out other people's light and give them your own light? So there's some quick plugs for some really good books on relationships. Yeah, those are good. And and the the way you were describing, uh, like you have a light in you and like how you can share it with others, I think reflects really well with the the, the love languages. Yeah. It's like you know, making that connection and how can you share that and spread that with others? Because like, I mean, you know, the, the whole basis of this, this podcast is like influencing those around you and influencing the now to, yeah. uh, to better tomorrow. Yeah. It's what you do with those, those around you and those closest to you will, will spread like hatred spreads, but love spreads as well. Yeah. And why choose to hate when you can love? Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, I think Michelle Obama does a really great job of talking about not just how you spread your own light, but how you like recognize and draw out the light of others too, like help them see in themselves that they have light too. Mm-hmm. So then it's like more than just I'm spreading my light around, but I'm helping other people spread their light around. So then it's light and great and happy and sunshine and rainbows. That's what we call exponential growth. Because <laughs> if they take those practices and implement them in their lives, yes. you know. And it's always, uh, I kind of want to expand on that just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because I, I find it interesting where it's like there there has to be a certain mindset in people that stops them from spreading it. Because like you, you read the book and so you know, like you, you, you've internalized it. And, and you want to implement that and show others that they have a great light in them that they can spread and, and, and whatnot. But what stops that from continuing? Like there's so many books and like seminars and people who preach just that 
like you have so much good in you and you can do so good like why i wonder why that doesn't propagate that question i think about that a lot honestly because and sometimes i get like almost frustrated about it um (laughs) yeah because it's even like in this the same vein like when i read educational books like um professional development books for me for teaching Mm -hmm. like i read them with the intent of then like implementing that stuff in my classroom and a lot of teachers don't do that so i'm like what's the point of reading it you know like there's books that i so i call them brain candy there's brain candy books that are just for fun but then there's like the meat Mm -hmm. and potato books that are like there to help you better yourself or gain knowledge or like spark ideas whatever so to me it's like you need a balance of the two, but why are you even bothering to read the meat and potato books if you have no intention of doing anything with that, you know? So I don't know mm-hmm. what the answer is, but I, yeah. So I feel like I I recently have, have stumbled across something that can shed some light onto it. I mean, not everything has like a clear answer. This is from TikTok. I, I have not done a deep dive on this person so I guess take this with a grain of salt, but they they claim on TikTok that they are a a behavioral scientist. Uh, I don't remember if they're in their if they have a master's or a PhD, but their their whole TikTok is essentially about the brain and like uh, neuroscience. And she was mentioning that it's really easy for the brain to keep doing what it's doing. Um, it takes no extra energy to just not implement anything and just keep on going on with your life how it's currently going and accepting the current truths but it takes a lot more effort to change something or to implement something and so like if you're if you're told a if you're told something that differs from your previous truths but is like provided with sufficient you know uh, data to to override your current belief it then takes extra work for your brain to make those new connections and those new wirings to actually have that be your new truth. And so like it's just easier for people's brains to just oh wow, that was that was cool. I didn't know that was a thing and then just I continue just on, on with their life. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it does take effort to like actually take the things you read and do something with them. Mhm. Yeah, so make the effort and, and as someone with ADHD, which is going to be a great segue into the <laughs> next segment, but as someone with ADHD, it is very difficult to do things that don't give you dopamine. Yes. Very difficult. Like, uh, I just, I, I suck at putting things in the dishwasher. The dishwasher <laughs> will be dirty. Put it in the sink. It's so much quicker. Don't have to worry about finding space. Don't have to open up the door. You know, it takes like two seconds, but there's so many steps. Yes. And... It takes so much effort for me to be like, okay, rinse off the dish, put it in the dishwasher. and But you have to repeatedly do it in order for that habit to be formed and yeah. have it to be normal. But yeah, so I feel it's like not impossible, but yeah. it's difficult. I feel like that's become like our mantra for this episode, our theme for this episode. It's just like, make the effort. Just make the effort. Make the effort. It's <laughs> It's worth it. Yes. It's hard, but it's worth it. Yes. Okay, and with that, we will uh, next time I'll, I'll have a book. I have a book that I can I can go over, but we're running short on time, so I'll I'll do an, my book next time. Okay, and then you can also have some depending on time, but you know. So with that being said, uh, we'll we'll go into our next um, next segment, which is going to be more of a question. Like, what was your hyper-focus? Uh, I want to say this week, but it's bi-weekly, so I don't know how to phrase that. What was your hyper-focus in the past two weeks? Or just, like, recently. Yeah, recently. yeah. Well, let's just say recently. What was your hyper-focus recently? And if you don't mind, I will start off with this one. Yeah, go for it. Because this is, this is recently, like, things happened recently, but uh, it's also something that's been on my mind for maybe a month or two i can i'd say two months two months so there's been a whole debate and argument online and within the art community there's a little something called ai art that has been pissing off a lot of traditional artists i saw you post this and, and for good reason you posted this on instagram yeah so 
Yeah, so I I finally got around to doing it. Um and I I've been making just messing around with the the generator, the AI generator uh mid journey for a little over 2 months now. Just just messing around with things. And they they are they are angry for a good reason. I I understand cuz like there there's someone submitted the, a purely AI generated art. Like they didn't they just typed in and they were given an image and they submitted that image to a competition like a pretty well-renowned competition and won wow by doing no work aside from typing out a prompt yeah can you explain briefly a little bit more about what you mean when you say ai art yeah so there there's multiple um the two big ones are mid-journey and dolly 2 um and essentially what you do is you type in a prompt to this program and the prompt could just be like a sentence or just even a singular word you can honestly just type in a string of random numbers and letters and you'd get something really weird like it uh, essentially what the ai does is it takes your prompt um and you can get really fancy you can add parameters and like specific things like aspect ratios or um there's certain ways to get different styles like um, I really like the Art Nouveau style. So, like, you can type out a prompt and then a comma and do, like, Art Nouveau or, like... And there's certain ways you, like, implement the styles. And you, you just hit enter. And the AI will generate four uh, low-resolution previews of that prompt. And it, it just, like, scours the internet for these images. It learns and it, it generates what you type. And it's come a long way. And, like, some of these things are, are crazy realistic, and like you can type absurd things and they're so realistic. Um, there are certain things that are difficult, like hands, like it, it, all the hands are always like six or more fingers and all <laughs> over the place or just like a ball of mush. Like it, AI can't do hands yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. So if you're ever looking at art and you're not sure if it's AI generated or not, look at the hands. If they're real wonky, it's probably AI. <laughs> and so the the art community is like rushing to... Like they're not trying to shut down these these programs, but there's a lot of not laws, but like internal rules and whatnot to these competitions and like galleries and um, even like stock phot- photography sites are like implementing rules to where like you can't submit AI generated art because it would just be inundated with this art, and you can create like really realistic things by just typing out words, and so I have spent the past. Uh, a couple months messing around with this and i started before dolly was public and so i went over to midjourney which is implemented through discord like i i do all my generations through discord and it's a great it, i think it has multiple purposes it is great for inspiration if you don't know what to make you can just type out random things like a cat flying through space with a Superman <laughs> outfit, like, and it will generate that. But like, it gives you like four previews, and like you you can type out anything, and it will it can like fire up inspiration in your mind. Like you can see things that you couldn't see before. And this AI will just throw it out to you, and you're like, oh. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to mix my photography with the AI art because I don't as cool as the AI art, AI art is itself I don't put any effort into that like I, I put in number numbers and, and words and it gives me an image I want to take an image and blend it with elements of AI art so I use I use it as a like a, almost like a stock photography site where it's like I have an image in my head of something I want to do and like I really like doing astrophotography but I don't have the equipment to do it. And there's only so many pictures of the Milky Way you can take. The Milky Way literally <laughs> looks the same no matter what time of year, everywhere you are. Like, it doesn't change. It's, it's, a, it's a literal galaxy. I mean, it does change. It just takes millions and billions of years. But we won't go into that. That's another hyperfocus. Rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I really want to do more space-themed things. But, like, how do I do that? I can just type in, like, a purple galaxy, spiral galaxy, it'll generate that for me. And I can use that in my photography and my composite work. And so this last one I did was like, 
um, I typed in a prompt that got like a really cool image as like a base. I was like, well, how can I play off this? I went through all my images, uh, my photos that I've taken. I found one that I thought would really work cool that when it as an image within itself, I don't I didn't think it was good enough. Like the composition wasn't good enough to make it a good photo. And so I just took the subject and took her out of the photo and I put her in and then I generated wings and then I just use all my Photoshop skills to, to blend it all together to make one cohesive piece and and uh it takes a lot of work like it, it's easy just to get the prompts but as nice as it is to use for inspiration looking for inspiration and looking for something very specific are very are very different so i spend a lot of time making the same prompt but rewording it differently to try and get because you have no idea what the ai is going to spit out interesting it makes some crazy stuff sometimes <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a lot of trial and error, but like, I think it really pays off and it's really fun to do. And you can grow inspiration as you're doing it based on these probably trash things you're getting some of the times. Well, the image you created was really, really cool. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm working on another one, which, which was interrupted by this podcast recording, but (laughs) today is a free day for me, so it's fine. But yeah, so that, that is my hyper focus for these past two weeks. Recently, that's that's what we went with recently. recently. Yeah. Do you do you have any that that you've uh, yes really uh, been focused on? Mine will be quick because uh, hyper focus is not one of my like big ADHD things that I deal with, so I don't typically have a lot. But mine is the same as it is every single December, um, which is <laughs> what gift to get every single person in my life because I one of my love languages, as we oh. talked about, is gift giving. And I pride myself on giving amazing gifts because I don't like just like, oh, well, you like Starbucks. So here's a Starbucks gift card. I am like, I need to get the perfect gift for this person that they are going to love and that is going to be perfect for them. So um, that takes me so long because there are a long list of people that I want to get gifts for. So I am now working my way. I have like a list on my phone that I keep on there all year. And sometimes inspiration will strike and I'll be like, oh, this person needs this and I will get them that. And it stresses me out and I really need to stop and just chill and just be okay with getting people <laughs> gift cards sometimes. But like, I love it. I love it. But it stresses me out. So working on getting perfect gift for every person that I've ever met in my life. <laughs> that's that's a big, big task to take yes. on. Yes. Here I am struggling to get a gift for my own wife. And you're like, <laughs> I need to give the perfect gift for everyone ever. Yes. And then I always feel like I have to do better than I did last year. So... Yeah, like I when I first started going over to Justin's family's house for Christmas, because we didn't start doing that until we'd been dating for like, I don't know, three years or something. I was like, okay, I have to get a gift for every single person in his family. And he's got two brothers, his mom, his dad, his grandma comes over and then his uncle comes over. And so (laughs) that first year I was like, dear God, I barely know these people. And I have to (laughs) get them something perfect. And then of course, I figured it out and I got them this amazing gift and they were like, oh my God. So then I was like, well, now I have to live up to that every year and get them something amazing. So set the bar high, yeah. screw yourself over yeah. in the future. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> you do a good job though. And I, I will say that going back to like the love language thing, not only am I, I bad because with some love languages, like you're good at, at giving and bad at receiving. Yeah. Like, it's not always, like, a, a two-way thing with love languages. But for me, it definitely is with gift-giving. Because, like, one, I feel bad when people give me gifts. Yes. doesn't matter if it's for, a, like, a holiday. I just feel bad. And two, I'm at a point in my life where, like, I don't... I cannot, for the life of me, think of anything that is cheap that I <laughs> that yes, I want. Yes, this is the problem I have with giving gifts for you. Because I'm like... In theory, I know what would be good, but I'm like, I just don't have $500 to drop on one gift. <laughs> Why not? No. Are you saying I'm not worth it? No, no. no um, I, I will have you know, like you requested, I, I put more things on my, my wish uh, list, yeah. Amazon wish list. And I did put two things on, which I do not want nor expect you to get. Um, Are they also I expensive? Spent... Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But it's like, because those are the things I want. And like, I save up and like, I'll get them for myself. Like, I'm not asking anyone to get them. They're more like on my wish list for like a reminder. Like, yeah, like I, I want to go back at some point and get that. Gotcha. And it's, 
I spent so long looking through Amazon and like I'm so anti-consumerism mm-hmm. that it was just a headache. It doesn't help that I was looking on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or something. And it was, there was so much garbage. And it's like, yeah. you want this toaster that's $150 that <laughs> is Bluetooth. I'm like, no, I Bluetooth don't. Toaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what mom so, said this year, difficult. too. Um, when I was asking her, like, what she wants, she was like, I don't want like random things i want like experiences or like time together yes and i was like okay that is what i have come to to cherish is like we were we're we went uh gift shopping at the mall we did a classic like 90s or early 2000s day out at the mall doing all the christmas (laughs) shopping uh side note tacoma mall is really cool and they're they're revitalizing it and like a lot of people go and it's actually really nice and it's more modern, and it's not like a barren waste town. <laughs> <laughs> but we did that, and we were like, what, what do we get mom? Uh, our mom, not Megan's yeah. mom. And I was like, Let's, like we're, we're going out there for Christmas. We've already discussed this with her. Like, she doesn't want things. Yeah. She wants experiences. And so, like, why, why get her something that's like, oh, cool. And then you, like, put it on a shelf right. somewhere, and it sits there forever, and you don't do anything with it. Then when you can, like, create a memory, I think memories are the best yeah. gift, at least yeah. for me. Yeah. It's it's harder, I feel like, to do that kind of gift when you live in a different state. Because, I mean, I can give you... Yes. I can give you memories, but not that include me most of the time. And so, like, if I'm giving you a gift, <laughs> I want to be part of that. But... Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but it's good because you're coming here this Christmas, so it'd be a little easier. <laughs> yeah much easier and with that i think we're at time yeah so uh put in the effort we actually that's the yes the moral of today's the, main, the biggest takeaway <laughs> put in the effort yes and we actually did think of an outro and i could have just said it but instead i'm going to talk about that we came up with it and then i'm gonna say make it, it awkward <laughs> all right <laughs> make it awkward nothing's awkward unless you make it awkward Uh, (laughs) don't forget that the present matters and what you do today will affect tomorrow see you next time